Good morning, everybody. Wonderful prelude, Sheila Weidendorf. Thank you so much. Beautiful variations. Um, we welcome you on this rally day, this 14th Sunday after Pentecost. I'm glad you're here. Glad you came in out of the smoke to be in this wonderful, grace-filled place. I'm glad you're here on this good day. Um, I'm Carl Olson, Minister of Music here. This is Mr. Russell back here on the bass. And we're going to play a song called This Good Day by Fernando Ortega and John Andrew Schreiner. glad to be here? Now really like you mean it. Yeah. Amen. Welcome to all those who are joining us online. We know we have people all across the country, including uh, Audrey Anderson, um, Rindy Stewart, and so many others, Auntie Faye down in 
of California, and all those others are joining us. Denise Baker's with us this morning. She's going to sing for us in a little bit. She's a daughter of our Paris. She lives in Texas. Uh, and look who's back, the choir. Yay! And they, they have been here since uh, 7 a.m. too, so uh, they are going to sing for us as well. We are so honored by your presence. Thanks for being here this morning. The order of service is printed on your bulletin. Everything's going to be projected for you uh, as well. Uh, so if it's comfortable, I would invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our gathering hymn, Lord, I lift your name on high. continue with a responsive reading, our litany for this Rally Day Sunday. Married, divorced, or single here? It's one family that mingles here. Conservative or liberal here? We've all got to be a little here. Big or small here? There's room for us all here. Doubt or believe here? We can always see here. Gay or straight here? Woman or man here? Everyone can serve here. Whatever your race here? For all of us grace here. In imitation of the ridiculous love God has for us. Let us live in love God Because mine is the church. Our hymn of praise, mine is the church where everybody's welcome.
Gracious Lord, give us humility. Give us joy. Give us the faith to accept your grace and forgiveness. And give us the will to extend grace and forgiveness to others. We thank you for welcoming us, your prodigal children. Welcome us home to TLC. Send now your Holy Spirit that we may be sent from this place to love and serve. We pray in the name of the rabbi from the Galilee, the one who offered new beginnings to all. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Please be seated. Sunday after Pentecost. This is the first lesson from first chapter of First Timothy. The words of the Apostle Paul. I am grateful to Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful and appointed me to his service. 
Even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. But for that very reason, I received mercy so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display the utmost patience as an example to those who would come to believe in him for eternal life. The word of the Lord. I would like to uh, welcome Denise Baker up to uh, join us this morning. Uh, Denise and Stephen are here from Texas to celebrate a wedding this weekend. Very, very fun. Good morning. Good morning, Trinity. Oh, no, I said good morning, Trinity. Today is rally day, right? So I asked Nana, I said, what is rally day? And she said, well, everyone's returning for the summer, right? From your summer vacations and visiting family and everybody's coming back to church or coming home to celebrate with one another. Do you mind if I talk for a minute, Pastor Jim? All right. I'm like, because usually I just get up here and sing, but not today. I'm really enjoying the energy in the room. It feels like the first day of school, kind of, right? When you're seeing all of your friends and familiar faces. So just to catch you guys up with what I've been doing. I've been traveling and singing and doing musicals, right? But I got to go home to Chicago, Illinois to sing at my home church. Now, my family has been a part of this church since the early 70s, right? So I'm seeing so many familiar faces. So many people are walking up to me, oh my goodness, You've gotten so big. And I'm like, I'm grown, <laughs> right? But all in all, it was so lovely seeing those faces and hearing those stories and seeing how God delivered so many people out of the grips of despair, right? And it reminded me of God's grace. And the choir just reminded me of the choir at home, everybody stood up and you guys sounded beautiful. And then when you broke out of three parts, I said, that's what I know, <laughs> right? But God's grace is sufficient. His mercy is everlasting and his love is always, right? And it just reminded me of the song I wanted to sing to you all this morning, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Y'all ready? So I need audience participation, okay? I need you to close your eyes and be with me. Think about how God delivered you, how God brought you back to a place of love, of grace, of mercy, places you thought you may never return from, right? He is good. Amen. Zin grace, how sweet the sound that saved like me I once was lost but but now 
That's how my great, 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 great grandma used to sing it, right? Twas great that my, my heart to feel and grace my fears That grace appeared. Now this is the special part. The hour of first believed. If you believe, you will receive whatever it is you need from God. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you, Denise. Uh, it's only a brave man who would follow that. I would ask you to hold your applause after the sermon. Thank you. We're blessed. Thank you to the choir. Thank you to our, our musicians. Carl's going to sing uh, when I'm done uh, preaching here this morning. We're going to be telling some stories, stories, familiar stories of Scripture, trusting God to enlighten us this day in our journey. Thank you, Anne, for reading that text. In that text, the Apostle Paul recalled an earlier life, an earlier part of his life, an earlier life when he was an enemy of God and an enemy of the church. In his own words, there and elsewhere, we learn that Paul was a blasphemer, a persecutor. He was a man of violence. He acted ignorantly in unbelief, his own words. In short, he was lost. He was horribly lost. And then he was found. Jesus chased him down on the Damascus Road and gracefully brought Paul home, home to a church that welcomes sinners. Now, most of us have at least a little in common with Paul. We have checkered past, not violent for most of us, but yet broken nonetheless. We have broken vows. We have broken hearts. We regret things that we did, and perhaps even more, we regret the things that we did not quite get around to doing. Things we should have done, and perhaps it's now too late. We carry heavy burdens of guilt and shame for that. But God is patient. God is merciful. God will not be deterred. God will not give up on us. God will track us down and bring us home. God will dry our tears and hold us tenderly in nail-scarred hands. It's messy work. It's messy work loving sinners. It's messy work dying on a cross. Jesus is headed for that cross. As we enter the Gospel of Luke, the 15th chapter, and I should tell you right up front that this is my favorite chapter in the entire Bible. As we enter the story, what we find out right away is that Jesus is in trouble. Listen in. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. The Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling, saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus was in trouble. The Pharisees and the scribes, they were powerful people. 
They were the protectors of tradition. They were the guardians of the law. They were God's chosen people. They had been chosen to deliver good news to all the people of the world. They were called to deliver God's invitation to the party, to the table, to a place of grace. But they had decided instead to go over the guest list with a fine-tooth comb. They ordered background checks on many of you. After all, they needed to weed out the undesirables. And make no mistake about it, at this point, Jesus had become just that, an undesirable. Now, there are two kinds of undesirables. Pathetic undesirables and dangerous undesirables. Pathetic undesirables were shunned, they were pitied, they were excluded, they were labeled unclean, not worthy of God's love. There was no need for the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious people, to waste a lot of precious time on them because they were mostly harmless. Dangerous undesirables were different. Dangerous undesirables needed to be dealt with. They needed to be stopped before they could upset the order and cause problems for the religious people who were quite comfortable the way things were. Jesus was now a dangerous undesirable who was hanging out with pathetic undesirables. He was spending too much time with known sinners like tax collectors and prostitutes. It was enough to make a Pharisee grumble. So the text says that Jesus called them in closer. Come on in closer. Let me have a word with you. So let me get this straight. You are offended by my behavior, are you? Well, let me tell you a couple stories, Jesus said, parables that will tell you how it is with God. Jesus said there once was a man who had a hundred sheep, but then one of them was misplaced. It wandered off. It was separated from the rest. So the shepherd left the 99 in an attempt to find the one. He left the 99 not in the sheep pen, but in the wilderness. He took off, and he went on a frantic search for the one who was lost. He looked behind every bush. He looked behind every hillside. He looked in deep canyons, and when he finally found that lost sheep, he embraced him. He rubbed his little nose. He laid him on his shoulders, and he rejoiced as he returned to the others. And as he did so, his good fortune dawned on him. It overwhelmed him, we might say. He said, I never thought that I would find this sheep. It's a gift. I'm so lucky. I think when I get home, I'm going to call my friends and celebrate. After all, the sheep was lost, and now it's found. It's time to have a party. And so he did. Jesus paused. He looked at the Pharisees and said, are you offended by this story? A Pharisee pulled at his beard and said, no, not really. I think it's a stupid story. I mean, if you know where the 99 are now and there's only one that you cannot find, then why in the world would you risk losing the 99 to go and look for the one, one that you have no idea where it is? It seems to me that you're going against the law of averages, Jesus. And another thing, we would not hire that guy to watch our sheep. Yes, we are amused by your story, Jesus, but no, we are not offended. And so Jesus smiled, and he said, well, then let me try again. There was once a woman who had ten silver coins. Then, in her horror, she realized that one coin was missing. She was obsessed now. She was obsessed with finding it. It had to be somewhere, but where was it? And so she lit a lamp. She swept the floor. She moved the refrigerator. She looked high. She looked low. She could not rest until she found that coin. Despair began to settle in. She felt a knot in her stomach. And then, just like that, she found the coin. 
It was a gift. She was overwhelmed by her good fortune. She said, oh my, I didn't think I'd ever find that coin again. I'm so happy. I'm going to call my friends, invite them over, and we're going to celebrate for my coin was lost, and now it's found, and so it's party time. And the woman and her friends, they had a blast. Jesus, the master storyteller, had set the stage now for the final parable the story that he wanted to tell them all along. Now, remember how this all started? The Pharisees were grumbling, saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus had now drawn in the self-righteous grumblers with stories, and now he was about to pull the rug right out from under them. Jesus said there once was a man who had two sons. The younger son was rather obnoxious. In fact, one day he approached his father and said, Dad, I have a lot that I want to do and a lot that I want to see in my life, and I'm tired of working here in the farm. I'm tired of working for you. So I'll tell you what, Dad, let's just pretend that you're dead. You see, Dad, I have plans for my life, and they don't include this farm. I have plans, but I'm going to need some cash, Dad. So give me my share of my inheritance now. Give me my share of the property now. i got to tell you, as Jesus told this, the Pharisees started tearing at their clothing. The veins in their neck were popping out. A disrespectful son like this deserved a good beating. Jesus continued. The father divided his estate between the wild-haired younger brother and the good, faithful, dutiful, older son who worked day in, day out on the farm. The younger son took his money and he hit the road. He wasted the money on wine and women and song. He lived like a rock star. He forgot the values of his father and he had a grand time. After all, he had several grand in his back pocket. And then the money ran out. And he was broke. And he was lost in a foreign land. And his American Express card was maxed out. And he took a job caring for, caring for, Jesus said, caring for, and the Pharisees looked at him and said, caring for what? What was he caring for? And he said, caring for pigs. Pigs, you do remember how Jews like pigs, do you not? What a disgusting kid. What a disgrace to his father. What a disgrace to his family and the traditions of Judaism. It was an outrage, but the Pharisees and the scribes at least took some solace in the fact that this son was finally what getting what he deserved, and that was a swine's eye view of life. But Jesus was not done. He said there's more to the story. The boy came to his senses. He was tired of the pig pen. He wanted to wanted a bed. He wanted some food. He wanted a clean shirt. So he came to his senses and he said, you know what? I'm dying here. I think I'll drag my sorry rear end back home. He would go back home and throw himself at the mercy of his father. And as he went back home, on the way back, he wrote and rewrote and practiced a speech in his mind begging his father for forgiveness. Well, the Pharisees interrupted Jesus now. They said, he deserves death. He is unclean and unworthy, disrespectful and disgusting. His sin put him outside of the family. And Jesus said, hold on, hold on. I'm not quite done. The father received word that his son was on the way home. And with that, the old man began to run. He ran as if he was a teenager. And when he met his lost son, he threw his arms around him. He kissed him on the cheek and welcomed him home. Then the father called his servants and said, Bring the robe of honor and put it on my son. Put a ring on his finger. Place new sandals on his feet. And then go out and kill the fatted lamb and prepare a feast. For I never thought I would see my son again. He was lost and now he has been found. And it's time to have a party. Are you offended? Well, let me tell you who was offended. Driving up to the barn from the North 40 was the older son. As he approached the house on his John Deere tractor, 
he noticed that the circular driveway was full of cars. Something was going on. He could see dancing in the house. He could hear music from outside. He could smell the charcoal. And as he came closer to the front door, a balloon slipped out and floated up into the blue sky. Well, the older son wanted to know what was going on, and he wanted to go know right now. So he called the servant over, and the servant said, Come on in. We're having a celebration. Your brother has returned, and your father, I've got to tell you, your father is happier than we've seen him in years. We've killed the fatted calf, and we're having a party. Come on in. I'll get you a glass of champagne. And the older brother said, no, I think I'll pass. In fact, I'm not coming in at all. I have a little work to do out here on the John Deere. Well, imagine the reversal for the father. This poor guy had no sooner found his lost son than he lost his stay-at-home son, a son who now refused to come in the house. The father came out and he begged his son to join the party, but the older son was offended. Sure, Dad. Sure, I'll come in, Dad. But first, tell me, when was the last time you had a party for me? We've had to work long hours of overtime since my brother left home. And now, when he runs out of money, when he gets done with the wine and the women and the song, he comes home and you have a party for him? Pardon me if I'm not happy. Pardon me if I'm not amused. Pardon me if I don't have time for your party. But I have work to do out here, so I think I'll just get back on the tractor. The father implored him. But son, my son, your brother, has come home. But the older brother would have none of it. He was not impressed. In fact, he was offended. And with that, Jesus stops. The story ends. Are you offended? Well, I hope so. The Pharisees were offended. The scribes were offended. This is a disgusting story. And they had had about enough with Jesus. Who wants to have parties for prodigals anyway? A robe for a lawbreaker? A ring for a good-for-nothing bum? Sandals for a man who lived with pigs? The prized calf for a scheming, disrespectful son? It was an outrage, and the Pharisees and the scribes, the religious people would not put up with this type of teaching. If they did, they would lose all control. The law would not be upheld. People would not be kept in line. The taxes might not come into the temple treasury. No, this is not the way to order the world. You see it, you do it, you reap it. You see it, you do it, you reap it. There's no free lunch. You make your bed and you lie in it. You earn your way every day, and don't you ever forget that. That is the religious way, and that is the way of the world. But Jesus told these stories to explain God's way. God's way. So help me now. I want to see if you've been paying attention, and I want to see if you're awake. You'll know your parts. There once was a shepherd who had a hundred sheep, but one got. So he looked and looked and looked, and finally the sheep was. And in his joy, he said, hey, hey, it's time to have a. There once was a woman who had ten coins, but one God. So she swept and cleaned and hunted everywhere until it was. And she said, ho, ho, I never thought I'd find this coin again. It's time to have a. There once was a father with two sons, but the younger one got terribly. And after losing all that he had, he came to himself, and he was. So his father said, thank goodness, I never expected to see my son again. It's time to have a. And Jesus said, that's the way it is. That's the way it is in the kingdom of God. And don't you ever forget it. But the religious ones were not buying it. They were offended. They vowed to put an end to this nonsense. They vowed to get rid of Jesus, and so they did. They nailed him to a cross just to make sure that the world understands just how the game of life is played. They wanted to have the last word, and they got it. Almost. It seemed that they were safe. 
But as he was dying on that cross, Jesus caught the eye of another man who would die on this day. This man was hanging on the cross because he deserved it. Do you remember his profession? That's right, he was a thief. He was a good-for-nothing thief, a criminal, a lawbreaker. He made his bed, and now he was lying in it. That dirty thief caught Jesus' eye, and he said, Remember me, Jesus. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And you know what Jesus said to him? Today. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. May I paraphrase? He looks at that sinner, and he says to that thief, lost, found, party. Amen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound Saved a wretch like me I once was lost, but now am found Was blind, but now I see Consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. When through the walls and forest glades I wander And hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur And see the brook and feel the gentle breeze Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. And when I think God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art.
when Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home a joy shall fill my heart then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my God how great thou art then sings my soul my Savior God to how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Would invite you to stand if it's comfortable as we lift our hearts to God in prayer. Anne's going to come forward and lead us in the prayers. We have a song response. Lord, listen to your children praying. We'll sing that now. And then each petition will end after a, a time of silence with hear us, O God, and we'll come back to this song response. Let us pray.
whatever else you see that we need, we entrust to your care through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Please share a sign of peace and greeting with one another. Hey, I'm looking for volunteers. Whoop. Thank you for sharing that greeting of the peace. Thank you for sharing that greeting of peace. After the service, you're going to take that good energy right over into the gym, and you're going to work your way to the far side of the gym. And there have got the barbecue truck is out there. It's a fire truck if the kids want to see it. Uh, but they're barbecuing hamburgers and hot dogs. There's also vegetarian, vegan options, I think, if you're in on the right side of the gym before you get to the wall. But uh, there's food there. Have some food. Uh, we'd encourage you to get food uh, out on the... In, we're all set up in the gym, but also on the other side of the stained glass windows, out in the courtyard. There's going to be music, live music out there. So you can get your food, enjoy your food, enjoy the company, get to know people uh, as we... Uh, as we rally together and eat together. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, it was great to have the choir here this morning. Uh, Carl's got the choir going again, as you saw. If you'd like to join the choir, this is a really good time. Right in the beginning of the year, see Carl after the service. And also Sheila is um, starting the bell choir up again. So the bell choir will be starting up. If you'd like to learn how to play the bells and be a part of that, uh, talk to Sheila about that as well. Opportunities for you. Deacon Amy. Good morning. Good morning. What a great day to be at Trinity. Sunday school is going on down the hall. It's so good to have kids back in the building. Um, adult education, there's this new flyer out on the Narthex table. Uh, it lists all of the plans for this fall, everything that's coming up. Starting next Sunday, um, Sheila's husband, Mahendra Singh Lawless, will be here from India, coming to speak about his uh, experiences in India, his life in India, and everything else that he has to share with us. Just a, a wonderful person and a great opportunity. So next Sunday at 9.15, that's in the Fireside Room. Um, and then do pay attention to the flyer out there. Lots of great things coming up for kids and families. This Thursday in particular is our first, uh, we call it the third Thursday family time. We're coming here at 6 o'clock between 6 and 7.30 for dinner and just a time to be together. So um, any families with kids of any age are, wel are welcome here on Thursday at 6. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Deacon Amy. And it's what a joy, what a privilege. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a couple in our parish who have been married now for 19 hours. <laughs> Denise, I mean, Marianne and Ed. Marianne and Ed were married here yesterday, exchanged vows right here. They've been married all of uh, 19 hours, and they said it wouldn't last. And, uh, <laughs> and it has. Congratulations. Our love to both of you. Our love to both of you. Wishing you the very best. Okay, now, um, yesterday I had someone come in the church, uh, not one of our folks, and they said, what's with all the checks? So this is who we are. And what, your, what do you want your church to be about? You see those checks on the narthex? Where are all my volunteers? Volunteer, I volunteered them. Come on up, spread out across here. And what I want to do is I want to give you a snapshot. This is uh, from August 4th to September 4th. This is what you have done, Okay. This is not me, this is not Carl, this is what we have done together. This is from August 4th to September 4th, and you'll see a running uh, a list up there on the wall. But what happened during that time? Uh, we sent $1,300 to Readiness to Learn. 
that's providing school supplies for your neighbors and children going to school, $1,300. We sent $1,000 to Augusta Victoria Hospital in Jerusalem. How many of you have been to Jerusalem? Yeah, Augusta Victoria is the hospital that cares for the Palestinians in Jerusalem. We sent $1,000 there. Pat, you got a big one, $5,000 for Helping Hand. Helping Hand is helping your neighbors all the time with power bills, with uh, first and last month's rent. It's a great ministry. We sent $5,000 to them. Dale's got the Lutheran Compass Center, which is doing ministry to uh, street people, homeless people in downtown Seattle and Pioneer Square. We've been in partners with them. They've been doing this for 100 years, uh, the Lutheran Compass Center. $4,000 for Ron for Lutheran Immigration Resettlement, L-I-R-S, for over like 88 years. The Lutherans have been resettling immigrants in this country. So this is primarily for people coming from the Ukraine and Afghanistan after we left Afghanistan and people coming from the Ukraine. You send $4,000 there. Ryan's house uh, does work right here in the island up in Coopville and with young people who are in transition or have no place to live or trying to find themselves. Ryan's house. And this is a big one. $16,000 to ELCA disaster relief for Eastern Europe and the Ukraine helping those people on the ground there. So that is part of the over $100,000 that we've given to that effort from our congregation so far. ELCA World Hunger, $5,000. Robin, thank you. $5,000. What does that mean in the Hunger Appeal? It means that there are people alive right now who would not have been alive without your gifts. And then we have uh, Lutheran Community Services. They do a variety of things from adoptions to also helping with immigration, $2,500. Trish has South Woody Children's Center. Uh, we don't only uh, subsidize and support our own preschool, but other ministries on the island that aren't ours that are helping young people and their families. And then what do you got there, Dinah? The Compass Health in Coopville. Compass Health serves your friends, your neighbors, your families who have uh, mental health issues, of counseling, and so we partner with them as well. We partner with all of these ministries, and you are there in all of these places because of, you, of what your generous support of Trinity Lutheran Church. So give yourself a round of applause, and you can just drop those right down the front, Laurel. Thank you. I can take those. Thank you, Dale. Thank you. We're going to have to build a bigger narthex uh, for the checks, uh, to hold all the checks. Okay, so we have that. What, now I forgot one thing. What's happening Friday? Let's see what's happening Friday. Once there were green fields Kissed by the sun I can hear America singing I can hear an American song From the valley to the mountain The Brothers Four. <laughs> the Brothers Four are going to be right here where I'm standing. You're going to be right where you're sitting. There are tickets. Uh, if you go into the gym like you're heading for the food, you'll see a place where they're selling T-shirts. The T-shirts are not free, but the tickets are. But uh, So get your tickets today. When they're out, they're out. And that's Friday, 6.30 concert. Doors will open at 6 o'clock. Get those tickets. Okay. If it's comfortable for you, I would invite you to stand. Let us pray together now as Jesus taught us to pray as we sing together the Lord's Prayer.
Now as you depart from this place of worship, go out those doors, find your own place of ministry and service. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And our sending hymn from the Hillbilly Shakespeare, Hank Williams, I Saw the Light.